And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, of course, coming back one more time. And let's jump right into the download. So this week's download is an oldie but goodie. It's actually a game I've had in my collection for quite some time because it was... Uh, back was compatible on Xbox and then it was given away as one of the uh, games with gold maybe about a year or two ago so it's been some time but I just have never gotten a chance to play it and recently Tecmo has gone ahead and remastered the entire Ninja Gaiden Sigma collection or just Ninja Gaiden collection that originated on the xbox well the original xbox so it's ninja gaiden one or in this case it's renamed sigma one sigma two and then ninja gaiden three razor's edge Uh, so this week i am talking about razor's edge and it's the one ninja gaiden game that i hadn't played now mind you i me saying i played the uh xbox ninja gaiden games and of course it wasn't just xbox but i'll just use that for reference because we do have the classic nintendo ninja gaiden and the arcade versions of ninja gaiden which where can i play the arcade ninja gaiden that is like one game that never ever i never received for purchase anywhere and that was just a really fun game it was such a uh, the nintendo game was such a departure from the format of the arcade version it's just interesting that that's something that tecmo hasn't made widely available for purchase uh, in this day and age but i digress i have had ninja gaiden 3 razor's edge for a while just never got a chance to play it um, even with the first two games, I played them, but they were notoriously hard. So there are games that I actually put a lot of time into back in the day. So I picked up Ninja Gaiden 3. And one of the things that I remember as far as the criticisms of Ninja Gaiden 3 when it first dropped was that it was not as difficult as the original two. I believe at that time, uh, Itagaki, who was the creative director for team ninja at the time he had just left uh team ninja and tecmo if i remember that correctly so i had a different project director uh with ninja gaiden 3 and i have to say just in my brief time of playing through it i thoroughly enjoyed it uh there is something cathartic about the action of the ninja gaiden series with the hacking and slashing and seeing Ryo Hayabusa just flip around and the blood splatter everywhere. I don't know, maybe that is the uh, deep-seated sadistic side of me who finds great joy and pleasure in slicing up uh, individuals, bad guys of course, Uh, but the gameplay of Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge is very similar to the gameplay of Ninja Gaiden Sigma 1 and Sigma 2. I have thoroughly enjoyed my gameplay uh, right now, and if you are so inclined, I don't know what the Remaster Collection retails for, but it's part of that bundle set uh, that you can purchase it for your uh, PlayStation systems and Switch uh, right now. It is currently part of, and it's a recent addition actually as of the month of June 2022, to the Xbox Game Pass library. So if you do have Game Pass, be sure to download Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge, and all of the Ninja Gaiden games for that matter, and give them a play through. You will be 
pleasantly surprised if you haven't played them already and i will warn you though especially with the first two there will be times where you want to break your joystick at the level of difficulty and mastery that you have to have as a player to advance at certain times in the game so that's my download for this week ninja gaiden 3 razor's edge so speaking of just video game properties netflix is part of their uh, geeked week released the trailers for a slew of their upcoming slate of genre shows and one of the shows i've talked about recently in the short takes was the resident evil uh, series which looks like it could be any generic zombie series that just slapped on certain elements of resident evil and this trailer while the trailer looks interesting it looks fun it doesn't look resident evil ish at all i am i've i've said on this podcast before i am not the most humongous resident evil fan game the games are not my cup of tea as far as playing but i love the lore i love the stories i love watching the gameplay especially with the the remakes and re2 remake is just a, a great game to sit and watch somebody play through it's it's definitely like watching someone play through a cinematic zombie experience but with the debut of this new resident evil series for me there's nothing there that's resident evil you could have slapped a zombie random zombie show title on this you could have put it you could have put it in a walking dead universe for all that matters just stripped out the umbrella reference and um do me name wesker it could have been anything else it, it looks fun it looks exciting don't get me wrong this full trailer they released it looks batshit crazy which is right up my alley when it comes to zombie fare um, that's one of the reasons why i love z nation so much it was such a different take on the zombie apocalypse and it was at times batshit crazy uh, which is what i love so resident evil seems to be falling into that category however it's not really resident evil and that is my biggest takeaway with that i i am not excited for this as a resident evil property can we please just get a good adaptation resident evil i think after the lackluster and just lackluster is probably a um, pleasantry when it comes to talking about the most recent re movie that came out working on raccoon city it was an absolute utter disaster with the most horrible special effects i've ever seen for a budget that's of that size and from what i understand as well the acting was just piss poor also so i don't i don't understand why these companies have a hard time adapting these very cinematically driven video games uh, case in point halo i don't know why people feel the need to change it if it ain't broke don't fix it you literally have storyboards drawn out for you in these cutscenes, in the lore in these games why is it are you not just utilizing that but i will give it a try when it comes out I'm always good for, up for a good zombie show, and Resident Evil looks like it would be a good zombie show, just not a good Resident Evil show. That's my first take from Netflix's uh, Geek Week. The second one was the trailer for The Sandman. Now, it's interesting. All of my comics reading, the Sandman books by Neil Gaiman and Vertigo are books I just, I never read. The only book I ever read, ever purchased was, there was in a retelling of the story of Orpheus, Orpheus and I believe Persephone. Uh, if I remember correctly, that Greek myth, and it was retold in the Sandman universe, and I picked it up back in middle school. 
uh, just because I wanted to know what the Sandman hype was all about. And that was recommended for me to actually uh, pick up, even though it really wasn't. When I came to understand the Sandman lore and universe, but I digress. They released the trailer for the show. I really like this teaser trailer for the Netflix show. And it looks great. It looks really good. The gentleman playing Dream looks like Dream. Uh, say what you will about death being a woman of color. Or co- death is death. Doesn't matter what color she is. Uh, my only trepidation is that Gemma Coleman is playing in this and she is a ancestor of John Constantine so she's not so yeah so she's an ancestor of John Constantine Doctor Who killed her as far as me liking her as an actress and and maybe this will change my mind on her but she's um, her character of Clara just got to be really annoying and I kind of I personally type cast her in that role so I'm going to be I'm going to try to get over my bias against her in this in this role, but uh, that was a media turnoff for me when watching this trailer. Overall, it looks really good, and I'm looking forward to the show when it comes out. I feel like it comes out, uh, I want to say August, but I'm not sure. Um, I know it comes out this year. I don't remember when, but definitely be on the lookout for Sam, man. It looks really cool. And rounding out my takes on uh, Geek Week from Netflix, we got the trailer for warrior nun season two now mind you warrior nun is seriously slept on if you have not watched warrior nun on on netflix and this came out i believe it came out before the pandemic started so it's been a while since season one dropped season one is a really good show and it's based on a comic and i didn't know that and that's really even more awesome but warrior nun just really checked all the boxes and you had no idea what was going to happen in that season and it was a great ending great cliffhanger ending and with season two picking up it looks like it's going to be even more uh i wouldn't say shenanigans but more intrigue more religious doctrine and just more action so if you have not seen warrior on season one check it out because season two is definitely going to be something that you are going to definitely want to watch after season one so let's get my take on some of my favorites from netflix geek week let's get into the black adam trailer that's right dc warner brothers finally dropped the full trailer for the black adam movie coming out on october 21st i believe uh dc needs this man they need a win they need a win and so far this looks like it i'm curious though as to when this movie is supposed to take place I know it's probably, or they're going to skirt around the DCEU proper that even exists anymore as far as uh, other heroes or whatnot being involved. But when does it take place? Because it looks very futuristic as to when a lot of this movie takes place. And the supporting cast, the way um, Aldous Hodge looks as Hawkman, uh, Pierce Brosnan looks as Dr. Fate. I'm like, oh, I am for this. This is this is definitely a movie. That's not... not we of course we have to talk about the Wayne the Rock Johnson as Black Adam and the sort of gravitas he brings to that role but I am certainly looking forward to this movie this is really one of my most anticipated movies of the year because it looks like they're actually going to do it right and honestly as much as many delays that there were with this film and also as long as the rock has waited to make this film i feel as though this is going to be a pretty good film to watch when it comes out because it's been it's been gestating too long and it's just one of those things where 
I'm not saying The Rock is a perfectionist, but this is definitely a passion project of his. And I feel as though he would not let it come out if it wasn't good. That's just me personally. So that's my take on the Black Adam trailer. And then right before I sat down to record, they released the full trailer for Nope, the newest Jordan Peele movie. And it still tells us nothing. Yes, we know there's aliens. Yes, we know there's death. And yes, we know there's mass hysteria. But we know Jordan Peele has become a master of misdirection when it comes to his films and you thinking they're about something, but they really being about something else. So I'm definitely interested in looking at this film when it comes out. It has a stellar cast with Steve Young, um, Kiki Palmer. Uh, and I forget the uh, other gentleman's name uh, who was in Black Panther also in Get Out. Uh, Daniel Kalega, um, I think his name is. Yeah. So stellar cast. I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely going to be interesting and thought provoking, much like his other films. Uh, whether you think they're hit or miss, they're always uh, very Hitchcockian as far as uh, their twists and how things go within the context of their story. So I am definitely looking for forward to that when it comes out in july all right let's get into our reviews and we talked a lot about netflix geek week let's finish up with stranger things so i finally finished the first half of stranger things season four which i was un i mistakenly thought would be the last season and apparently there's going to be a fifth season which i am still here for but the way that the duffer brothers are able to tell a story and in this last these last two episodes i believe last week i watched one through five so we finished up six and seven this week to find out the origin of vecna to find out like all of these questions that we've had over the past few seasons what if 11's 11 what happened to one through 10 we know what happened to eight because we saw her in season two what happened to everybody else we got all of these answers we got vecna's origins we got this cliffhanger of an ending with nancy oh man i i so love this series it's it's we we got everything that culminated the prison and oh it's this first half of season one has been so great it has been well worth the wait i feel like the wait with the pandemic and the production really helped this series flesh a lot of the ideas out to be executed executed on screen as perfectly as they were one of the things i often look for when i watch series like this are just humongous plot holes and i cannot find any plot holes with these first seven episodes and it's really amazing to me if you have not watched stranger things at all what's wrong with you but if you haven't finished season four part one definitely definitely watch it all of your answers that you've had for the past three seasons are going to be answered with a night but nice little bow and handed to you and that just whets your appetite even more for season excuse me not for season five for, for part two of season four when it comes out in july i can't wait how about you let me know if you're watching stranger things let me know what you think of it. hit me up on the socials and on email now we have another show debut this week in this case, Miss Marvel debuted on Disney Plus, the newest entry in the phase four of the MCU. And I will have to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Of course I did. It's Marvel. No, 
that's not always the case but i am a not humongous miss marvel fan but i read the initial run of miss marvel when it came out in 2014 i bought issue one i think i got a first printing because it went to seven seven printings and then i think i have a second printing but i was on fairly early to the bandwagon i'll put it that way and i love the characterization of kamala khan in that book g willow wilson who was the writer uh she is she's a muslim she converted to islam from atheist parents spent time in egypt so i I ended up listening to something on her on tiktok the other day just getting more of her background and 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 whatnot when it came to her writing and her her religion it's it's just a fascinating story and to have her write that book at the time that she did was just uh the stars aligned and she wrote this wonderful character that very much embodied the uh, xenophobia of just growing up because you always feel like an outsider you always feel like an alien uh, and then just in general when you're when you're a geek when you're blurred when you're into comics and heroes and you idolize these sort of figures as many of us did at that age even though of course we live in a world where they're not real she lives in a world where they are real and then also with her not just her faith as far as being um, muslim uh, her heritage as far as being pakistani in a uh, country as very judeo-christian where the standard of beauty is um blonde hair blue eyes maybe a bc cup breast size slender you know that's what she she dealt with and then also her idol is captain marvel who epitomizes that beauty standard so i love how that book really used her newfound superpowers to really uh, illustrate that aspect of her and that internal conflict that she had uh, with that and i was very concerned with the television show that a lot of that heart a lot of that teen angst and dilemma would be lost especially with the changing of the origin of her powers i will have to tell you in my humble opinion they hit all of the notes with this character and the powers i really think that changing her powers and taking away the whole infinity storyline taking away the humans taking away the terrigen mist and allowing this character to be on its own really helps when it comes to the mcu in a television series i forget the actress's name but she does a great job with this character and this is her i believe her first role ever she is like a total unknown she knocks it out of the park and the family um this is such a great show this is what a teen superhero show is supposed to be like now i haven't watched star girl so i cannot compare the only teenish superhero show I've watched in the past year or so has been Naomi. And while that show has some redeeming qualities, it was boring as hell as far as I was concerned. It was not, it was very much geared to a teen audience and not an everybody audience. This is a show that everybody can watch. I am not, clearly not a teenage Pakistani young lady of uh, who has follows a Muslim faith, who is Islamic. I can't relate to that. I can relate to being the geek. I can relate to being the outsider. I can relate to feeling like you don't fit in. And this first episode encapsulates that very, very well. If you are not watching Miss Marvel, watch it. For all of those uh, networks that are looking to do teen 
centric superhero shows y'all need to look at this one because this is really going to be the new blueprint new standard not just with the acting with how it's done cinematically speaking how it's cut how the scenes are done it's just really engaging and you really become immersed in the world of kamala khan so miss marvel is a definite up for me definitely check it out and with that we're going to slide into the break and of course when we come back it'll be fragrances star trek and a whole lot more stay tuned And we're back from the break to get into Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 1, Episode 6. Now, this is one that in the beginning, I'm like, okay, this is this is coming off kind of cheesy. And I don't mean cheesy in a bad way, but it's kind of a throwback to some of the lesser, lesser quality episodes of the original series. But it quickly changed um, as with Pike being revisited by a, an acquaintance that he saved before back when he was a lieutenant and they are protecting this first child. So you have this traditional non uh, getting involvement with regards to a culture and their ceremonies but also you in the process save them uh, from some sort of attack that you don't know so it's this mystery and intrigue and from the beginning especially how they were acting when they came on board i knew something was up something was amiss something was wrong and it proved to be true as the story evolved now i'm not going to give a lot of spoilers for for this one because I like the twist and turns that the episode made, uh, especially with who was revealed to really be on the up opposite side of what they were looking for. And I want to say good or bad guys, because in this story, I don't know if they were good or bad guys. It just you had a society that had a very strict way of doing things. And you have those that felt as though this wasn't the right way. And you had those that were working within the system to try to make changes and to protect individuals involved. So that's, that's the best way that I will put it. But it was, again, another episode that proved to be very fun. Uh, it got somewhat heavy handed, I would say, like dramatic. But there this series of Star Trek has done a very good job opposing those moral and ethical questions very much like Star Trek is known for, which I think has been lost with some of the more recent iterations of the series. And again, not every Star Trek has to be that way. So I'm not saying, oh, those series suck because they don't do those things. No, I don't hold those series in high regard because of other things. However, in this case, this series has done a very good job of asking those questions, putting those in those moral situations. Uh, we did get some progress in evolution with Dr. Mbenga and his daughter in that situation. I thought that was really cute as the uh, first child was able to interact with her. So you got to see her with another child. So there was another focus on that and some progress in that storyline. You also, again, they are really giving Uhura a great, great opportunities to shine, to show how capable she is. And, and a lot of this for me just plants the seeds of that character that we know and love from the original series. While is this 10 years later, she is no longer a cadet. She is, I believe, lieutenant at that point in time. I'm not, I don't entirely remember 
as far as that part is concerned but you got to see her again impress another crew member while she's on detail with them in this case the hard ass uh leon nunun soon in security and using uhura's skills was able to really crack open the conspiracy which was going on with all of the involved parties from this planet so i thought it was a good episode it's i love the recaps in the beginning so especially if you're someone who's just catching up for the, with the series for the first time, you get a gist of what's happening with the main characters that are going to be involved in this series or this episode, I should say. So overall, it's not going to be this humongously in-depth discussion like I did last week with uh, Spock and Monk. And I think that one was more so because of the parallels and similarities that it has with a another episode from the original series called the mark time this episode was very standard star trek but standard star trek is not a bad thing it's a very good thing it hit on all the cylinders you had that mold dilemma you had that star fleet sort of dilemma as far as interfere or not interfere you had pike in a dilemma where this is a person he's obviously attracted to and pike during the course of this episode does get busy so you now have that connection that is now going to weigh into the situation once everything is uh, has been revealed toward the end. So I love the uh, dynamics of the series. I love the dynamics of the characters. But more importantly, I love how these dynamics are used to tell the story and to advance the story. And that is, again, something that these writers have consistently been knocking out of the park since episode one. So that is my take on Star Trek Strange New Worlds Episode 6. Again, if you are not watching Star Trek Strange New Worlds, you are missing out on a treat when it comes to science fiction. If you're a Trekkie, this is definitely right up your alley. And now we leave the cold embrace of space to go to our fragrance of the week. In this case, it is Onyx by Nick Ricardo. And you're going to find this as a 50 ml EDP concentration for just $64. With this one, you can find top notes of ginger, bergamot, and lemon. So you got that spicy, bright citrus on the opening. You have in the heart notes, spices, white pepper, basil, and violet leaf. So you get the spiciness of the pepper and the basil, uh, and of course the spices, as well as the, and I've always had an issue really describing the violet leaf it's a i wouldn't say sultry but it it's a kind of accents the spices but also gives a level of uh demureness to it if that's the best description i have obviously it is i just said it and then with the base you have taco bean vetiver and cedar so i i love that combination especially with the vetiver and the cedar uh you get the grassy woodiness of that and then the smoothness of the taco bean now this is described as a demanding unique intense and intoxicating fragrance now based on this no breakdown I definitely see how, especially the intoxicating, intense, and unique aspects certainly play off and come across when you're wearing this fragrance. And that was Onyx by Nick Ricardo. Now, what am I wearing today? It's none other than Signature from English Laundry. Yes, I'm back at the house of English Laundry. With this one, you can find 
top notes of bergamot, lemon, lavender, and cedarwood, cedarwood, excuse me, heart notes of nutmeg and coriander, and then base notes of sandalwood, vetiver, musk, and amber. And this is a woody sweet fragrance, and it has a bit of soapiness to it as well. It is a very clean fragrance, but one of the things I like about it is that that musk really helps the fragrance last all day. And it is not one that is going to be super powerful, but is one is definitely going to last. And I get immaculate projection out of this one. And I wore this one in the heat. I was out all day. It did not dissipate and it projected really well. It's really good for it's supposed to be all year round fragrance. And I really see it as but it, it really worked well in the 89, 90 degree heat. I was in all day in the jacket and tie. And it was really a wonderful experience of a fragrance to wear in this weather excuse me in this weather and for the occasion that I was wearing it it just fits so well and it is one that is uh, definitely if you're looking for office fragrance black tie fragrance or sort of a formal event fragrance this is definitely one that you are going to want to reach for and speaking of fragrance, of course, we have our sponsor, Pete and Pedro. They have a wonderful line of inspired fragrances, including fragrances inspired by likes of Creed Aventus, Aqua de Joe, Tom Ford's Fucking Fabulous. There are five fragrances in total from the current collection, and they are all just $49 for a 50ml bottle. And these are all um, eau de parfums or extractor parfums. So they are long lasting and they smell absolutely wonderful and for that $49 price tag you cannot beat the value that you're going to get if you're so inclined to check them out and you make a purchase feel free to use the code ehawks10 or the link in the show notes for a 10% off of your first purchase now with that we have come to the end of another episode of the Sartorian Geek Podcast by Websysal be sure to check out myself and my man Brian Saff on the NRW Checkpoint where we talk about the week in gaming, both the news and the new releases that are coming out, as well as trailers and other banter as well. Uh, weekly on Nerds Rule the World YouTube channel or also new release Wednesday that WordPress.com. You can find those videos there as well. And also probably find them on website style also, but that's another avenue that we're going to get to of course you can always find me on social media at webster style and at sartorio and geek on twitter find me me on instagram on twitter find me on twitter as webster style and of course on tiktok as underscore webster style feel free to drop me an email comments criticisms questions at info at webster magazine and dot com and of course anything and everything that is webster style can be found at webstyle.com. Thank you again for rocking with us on another episode. And remember, stay safe out there and be blessed. I mean, I can change. I thought, never mind, forget I'm a Jenny, Jenny, Minfinny, Muffinny, Finicky When it comes to the killing spree, a.k.a. that's an ensemble Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs and thighs Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky The party's off to 12, we got a little time, time, time to get it on And no fact, I'm the type of pussy on And after that, take a picture with the I'm choosing what we own. Now it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be.
Why Wednesday? Uh, I don't know. Why not?